Welcome to FitChix Chat, the weekly podcast dedicated to educate and empower women to take control of their lives, where we talk about fitness, nutrition, mindset, and wellness. Today's episode is brought to you by FitChix Academy, where we help heart-centered women who love health and fitness get certified as fitness and nutrition coaches and build amazing businesses. If you're ready to create the life, health, and career you love, please join us for any of our upcoming certifications that you can read more about at FitChixAcademy.com. Now let's dive into this week's episode of Fit Chicks Chat. Hello everyone and welcome to Fit Chicks Chat. My name is Amanda Quinn and on today's podcast, I am so honored to have Sonia Thompson join me. Hi Sonia, how are you? Good, how are you? Thanks so much for having me. Oh no, it's such an honor and I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. As you know, via email we were chatting and I was telling you just how important I think this conversation is. So just so all of our listeners know, Sonia is a customer experience strategist and consultant. She owns her own company. She is the CEO. She's doing incredible things at soniathompson.com, correct? And she is just someone who I, you know, I've researched a lot of different people when it comes to customer experience, when it comes to um, inclusiveness and diversity and marketing and messaging. And you just really stand out in this place. And I'm, I'm really honored to just have this conversation today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm glad that we can do it. I can talk about this all day. So, <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, so what we really wanted to share with our listeners today is just talking about the topic of inclusiveness and creating an inclusive environment internally and externally within your business. So internally being talking about it from a perspective of how you are everything from hiring to how you are managing your staff to how you are working together as team environments to externally talking about your message and your brand and what it is that you're putting externally out into the world. Um, but before we get into that, I'd love for you just to kind of share, you know, a little bit more about yourself, your company, and sort of how you fell into this as your passion. I think it really came from um, my experiences as a customer and unfortunately being frustrated, right? I've got a lot of differences. Um, I'm a black woman. Um, I follow a gluten-free diet for health reasons. I, I live in Argentina right now. Um, I have, my, my husband speaks Spanish. We have a biracial daughter. Um, and I'm left-handed. Like there's just, <laughs> there have been a lot of differences that I have, some by choice, some not. And they impact the way I interact with brands and consumers because a lot of times, Brands don't think about people who are different. And as a result, the experience that we have is less than. Um, we're forgotten about, we're not thought of, um, we're sort of an afterthought sometimes, and it's annoying. Right. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that way. And the more, more and more, I think people like me who've got even one difference, but if you, whenever you have several, over time, we've started to see more and more brands have started to do a good job. There have been some standouts of being more inclusive and the feeling is like magical. It's life changing. And I like to say it's like whenever you feel like you belong. And whenever you get that, um, you crave it. You recognize that being ignored, being underserved does not have to be the norm. And if more brands just took the time to think about the experiences that they were delivering to all of their customers, 
not just the ones who fit into what's considered to be mainstream, then not only would they deliver better experiences, particularly to those diverse and niche consumers um, who could be perfect fits for them, um, but it can also be a way to help them grow their businesses. Right. No, and that's so well put. And it's so, it's so true though, because I think it's, I think you see it more so than ever before now that brands are really trying, they're recognizing that they weren't thinking about these things, right? It was like, it wasn't in their forefront. And I think that it's becoming more and more of a conversation, which is why I wanted to have this conversation too, because I think knowing that this is something that it's like, it's time people, like this has to happen. Like, it's like, this isn't just like, this isn't a, you know, should we do this? This is like, a necessity, right? And yeah, like it has to happen. Now, um, what would you say, like for someone who's listening right now, who's thinking like about diversity or inclusiveness and the word around that, like, how would you define that? Because I think sometimes people don't maybe even necessarily understand what that could mean. So would you be able to define sort of what you think about that? Right. So I think people do get sort of caught up on the lingo. So is it diversity marketing? Is it multicultural marketing? And I... (laughs) like to refer to it as inclusive marketing because Mm -hmm. that is more all-encompassing of the different degree of dimensions of the types of differences that people can have. And inclusive marketing does not mean that you have to include everyone. We're not saying that brands need to serve everybody and their mama, right? Like that's really not possible or realistic. Um, The idea about inclusive marketing is to intentionally choose who you are going to serve and intentionally choose who you are not, right? It's okay Mm -hmm. to exclude people because you can't be all things to all people. The problem is that most brands aren't making that choice. They're excluding people sort of by default because they're not thinking about it in advance. So inclusive marketing is all about intentionality, about choosing and deciding. These are the people we are for. These are the people who we want to create an environment where they feel like they belong. And these are the people where at this time we are not. Right. And it's interesting that you, uh, that you position it that way, because I think oftentimes, you know, we see those brands out there that are trying to service everybody. Right. And, and it really doesn't have to be that way, but it also has to be in, in my opinion, like even in the fitness industry, for example, one of the messages that we have in our company um, at Fitchix Academy is that we believe that there needs to be a more inclusive environment in the industry as a whole, right. because not everyone is inspired by the same person. It shouldn't be this cookie cutter image of what you're supposed right. to look like, how you're supposed to train, how you're supposed to eat and act and everything else. There should be, we always say more ages, races, sizes, and abilities, right? That, that needs to be seen. But it doesn't necessarily, what you're saying is it doesn't necessarily mean that one company has to then service all of those areas. We just have to choose, but we have to have more companies doing that within an industry. Is that what you're saying? It is. It is. So you shouldn't get backlash for not serving men right? Like that's a choice that you're making. You have decided that this is your, this is your lane and you are going to serve um, women or it could be women only. It could be people who identify as women. Like there are so many dimensions to it. You have the ability to choose and, and that choice it's whenever choice you make, it's just about owning it. You know, there might be some people who might not be happy if they feel excluded, but you have to do what's best for your brand and what you have the best capacity to serve people. 
Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to that, though, and a brand decides, like, this is this is sort of, you know, when they finally realize that it is a conscious decision, as opposed right. to this unconscious thing, which I think is happening a lot with the businesses where it's this unconscious thing that you were saying that just by default, they're just excluding people. They're not even aware of it because they're not taking the time to be aware. Right. But then when they've made a decision to be um, more inclusive in one area or to focus on a specific area, how do they usually fail because because we see this a lot fail is not the best word maybe it's just like you know how do they struggle with this what kind of downfalls do a lot of companies or do you see that you work with that are having where they really need to be like you know brought up to a different standard there's two things really but it boils down to a singular problem which i like to refer to as a customer intimacy problem Um, So if you think about the customers that you're serving like friends, right? You have a great degree of intimacy with your friends. You know what Mm -hmm. they like, what they don't like. You know what things to say to them. You know what things are going to make them mad. You know what their triggers are. You know all those things. Um, You know the inside jokes that you guys have because of the relationship and the proximity that you have. Brands, whenever they want to start being inclusive, particularly of customer groups that they aren't a part of or their team, people that they have on their team aren't a part of, or a group that they just haven't served before, where they start to make mistakes is they have a customer intimacy problem. So they start saying things that are offensive, that aren't culturally intelligent, that are just feel awkward or tone deaf or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's because... They're probably taking one. So we you talked a little bit about like your internal teams and all that kind of stuff. And it, you know, inclusivity, building inclusive brand requires building an inclusive company culture. So that means that it is important for you to build a team that is representative of the people that you want to serve wherever possible. Even if they can't be full time employees, consultants, contractors, agencies, whatever it is, make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who can give you input, who are representative of those people that you want to serve. Short of being able to do that, um, spending time with people, building those relationships, um, that proximity gives you the information that you need, that intimacy that you need to be able to know what to say. It's, It's not that you can't, it's not that you have to be somebody who is follows a gluten-free diet like I do to understand the life of somebody with, who follows a gluten-free diet. My mom does a fantastic job because um, my sister also follows a gluten-free diet. She does a fantastic job of helping us, um, creating recipes for us, making us feel welcome and like we belong whenever we go to restaurants. We choose a restaurant to make sure that we can see things because she's seen firsthand what life is like for us as we've been navigating through this world and she wants to make us as comfortable as possible so because of the time that she spent with us and her desire to want to be able to make us feel cared for and served um, she has learned how to be able to interact with us and it doesn't even have to be things that we've told her directly it can just be from observation right so the more you spend time with your customers and develop um, particularly diverse and niche ones that you may not be a part of um, and you build a team of course that is representative you will develop a degree of intimacy that will show you what mistakes not to make. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't make mistakes and mistakes isn't like not making mistakes isn't the objective, right? Because I think 
fear of doing something wrong prevents a lot of people from getting started. We don't want that. We don't want that at all. Like, um, and I, I use this example a lot. Um, so I'm, I, I live in Argentina. I speak Spanish and I like to say that I'm imperfectly fluent in Spanish. Um, how did I get to this point? I, from the very beginning, had to accept that I was going to make mistakes and I make mistakes all day, every day. But if I focus on the mistakes and trying to get it perfect, I never would have let myself be free to learn and progress. And it's the same type of thing whenever you are engaging with these new customer groups. Perfection isn't the goal. You're trying to work on progress and and people know and can feel your effort and you're going to learn as you go what works and what doesn't especially if you think about it as building a long-term relationship things happen yeah. and and people are really receptive whenever they know your heart no i mean just on that note one of the um an article i was reading recently was talking about um the things not to do with within an organization from a brand perspective even internally or externally and they were talking about it from creating inclusiveness and they were talking about the thing not to do the number one thing it, or that one of the number one things that they mentioned was um, vanity diversity and um, tokenism those were the two that, that kind of really stood out to me that i feel like we see a lot in the world, right, happening. What are your thoughts around that and how do companies avoid that? And would you mind just defining those two for us? So tokenism and vanity diversity are very similar. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so tokenism is like, let's say somebody says, hey, your employees aren't diverse. They're not reflective of the people that you want to serve. And like, okay, we're going to go and hire somebody. Yes, we've got a diverse team now. We've yeah. got a woman on our board. Yay. You know, yeah. we've got my person on our team. That is tokenism because you're not doing it because you're valuing diversity. You're doing it because you feel like this is the thing that we have to do. Someone called right. us out and we need to do it. We're not working on creating an inclusive workspace or including an inclusive environment. We're checking a box or we're going to get into trouble, right? That's right what tokenism feels like where you're not making any sort of effort to build the environment that makes this person thrive, right? Vanity vanity diversity is more so along the lines when you're doing something because it feels like, again, you have to do it. So remember um, earlier this summer when um, after the murder of George Floyd, where everyone was putting up we stand with the black community. Um, we're supportive of, mm-hmm. you know, all these causes. We're against racism. That was a lot of vanity diversity because companies were making statements that had no teeth. They were making statements that if you were to look at any aspect of the way the company operated, it might not have rang true. Maybe they felt it in that moment, but it just, it felt very performative. We're saying this because we have to say something, not because we're actually committed to making a difference. So those types of things are not good because they feel like, they feel icky. Yeah. <laughs> they, feel, they feel like you're doing it to not get in trouble. You're doing it to not get called out versus like you actually care. But when it comes to inclusion, when it comes to diversity, equity, belonging, it's not about vanity. It's about making people feel cared for, making them feel seen, 
making people feel like they belong with you. And um, performative measures, tokenism, none of that works. Maybe somebody might be fooled for a few minutes, but they spend any time with you or your brand, they see that it's, it's just really not the case. You see this happen a lot um, with, during Pride Month campaigns, um, and people are starting to like, speak out about this more so because a lot of brands are doing it because it feels like it's the right thing that you should be doing, supporting Pride Month. And so they put a rainbow in their store display. They put up Happy Pride on their Instagram post. But there's zero connection to the LGBTQ plus community at all, aside from that post. That's something that very much feels performative, like you are putting sort of a bandaid up because this is what we have to do. There's no strategy or anything like so, right. so forth for it. And it just, it doesn't really work or have any, it doesn't have the result that people think that it will. Right. Now, so for, on that note, I guess, you know, what is it that, um, cause we have a lot of people that are listening to our podcast that have their own businesses that are just starting out in business, or we have a lot of students as well in our academy that are considering getting started in business and wanting to get people to, you know, really think about this. Cause this is such an important piece of your business. This is like the foundation. It's part of your foundational piece of your business is to have an inclusive environment and to have a message that makes sense. What would be sort of that step-by-step -step that you would guide people through, um, like sort of top line on how to sort of ensure that they have that internal and external awareness? The first thing I like for people to do is what I call diversifying your circle of influence. And this is creating sort of an internal culture. This can be within your company. This can be you as an individual where you are surrounding yourself with people who are not like you. Um, and so going back to the example about my mom with my sister, me and my sister, because we're gluten-free, because of her proximity to us, she has a great degree of appreciation and empathy and knowledge about what our life is like. And it's this, you can do the same type of thing with people who are in your circle. So take inventory of your circle. And if you see most people, scientifically, this is proven, have a network that is very much like them. It's very homogenous. So start to think of ways that you can diversify your network and Follow people on social media, like change the voices that you are listening to. Start having coffee, virtual chats with people, reach out to people, do podcast interviews or whatever. Like people whose work that you admire, listen to different podcasts, watch different TV shows, listen to different music. Like these are all different ways that you can start to expand your frame of reference and see the world differently beyond just your own personal sort of experiences or the lived experiences of the people who are very much like you. That will help you to, one, have a, a, a much greater degree of empathy for others, um, understand the world a bit differently in that the world it's, it's so much more, it's not one-dimensional at all, ways <laughs> of being. And it just it serves as a great foundation for you to be thinking about it from an inclusive lens because whenever you're thinking about it from people who are in your orbit or who you care about, you want to bring those people along. You don't want people who you care about to feel excluded. Um, and the more you surround yourself with people who kind of get ignored and excluded and you understand more about what their experience is like, it kind of lights a fire in you personally to want to make sure that you never make anybody else feel that way. Right. Yeah. That's a important point. Mm -hmm. 
That is a very important piece for sure, because that's, I mean, everybody can do that, right? Like it's, it's something that any single person can do very easily, just even by having those coffee chats, like virtual coffee chats, or, you know, just even like you said, listening to different podcasts, just getting a different framework. Yeah. That makes sense. Absolutely. Um, the next thing I like to do is advise people to reevaluate their buyer personas. So once you're at the point where you're starting your business or you've got your business already, make sure your personas are inclusive, um, intentionally inclusive. Most people have personas that are, again, very much like them, or they're broad in the sense that um, the way people might want to interpret those personas can be something that's very much like them. So let's say again, you serve women, but if you're not specific enough, does that mean that you include black women? Does that mean that you like all the different types of women who have the problem that your business solves and then be into like, like go and write down um, the ways in which they could be different that can impact the way they interact with your brand and your product and your service and then intentionally choose what are the ways that they could be different that I want to make sure that I am serving to make them feel that like they belong. And then you're going to, that you have the capacity to do at this moment and then make sure that you are incorporating that from a written standpoint into your buyer persona so that it is reflected. So that going back to what you were saying, like you want people to feel that means more, um, sizes, I think you said more races, more, you know, all those different things that you've called out specifically, those are important because because they're top of mind and they're sort of written down. You think about all your marketing in a different sort of way because you've called it out very specifically versus it's women. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know, that can easily cause you to leave a lot of people out. You're absolutely right. And it's, it's funny because that is, that's our, that's sort of like our mission in our business is really just, you know, to provide an inclusive environment for ages, races, sizes, and abilities in the fitness industry, because this industry is traditionally known to be very cookie cutter and that doesn't work, you know, and it's, it's not, you know, like I said in the beginning, like what inspires me is going to be different than what inspires you. And we need to have more faces, more messages, more stories, more history of like what their process was, everything else, and more protocols and different protocols that are happening in this industry to inspire other people because that's what's needed. Like, just like in any other industry, right? You always need to have, you need to have different people to look at, like, certain celebrities are attractive to some, but not attractive to others. It's the same idea. It's the same concept. And I've even discovered this, even I'm like, I, we were talking before I'm a new mom. So my daughter will be eight months next week. The way I think about fitness and time is completely different now than the way I before. Right. So um, those are even some dimensions that you have to think about. Like, but but if you call it out, it makes it more top of mind for you to think about how you're going to serve. Definitely. 100%. 100%. And it also not only thinks about, not only allows us to think about the marketing message, but it also allows us to think about our customer's experience, right? Like thinking about what their experience is going to be like in our academy. How is this message? How is this even like going down to like the fine details of like the assignments that we give out? Like, will this assignment work for everybody just based on abilities and needs, right? So we have to, we think about those things in our academy. So, and I think more companies, I'm not saying that we are amazing at this thing. Don't get me wrong, but every company needs to be taking a step back and like having like a bit of an overhaul look at like what that messaging looks like. 
for sure, for sure. All right, so there are three more um, sort of steps that I like people to go through. Amazing. Um, uh, one is to make representation a priority. We touched on this a little bit before, but again, people need to see themselves or who they aspire to be reflected in the visual imagery that you put forth, whether that's photography, whether that's people that you include in your podcast, whether that's, you know, people in your videos, they, they just need to see themselves. Um, the more they see themselves, it gives them permission to take the next step forward with you. Whenever they don't see themselves, they receive the signal, oh, this isn't for me, and then they kind of go off someplace else. So make representation a priority. Anytime you're engaging with people who are different from you, you run the risk of making these sort of missteps because you're, might, you're just not aware. So if you make understanding the culture, what the norms are of the culture, top of mind for you, a process where you're constantly learning, I'm constantly learning Argentine culture. I'm constantly learning about different things, asking questions. My husband is Argentine. He's constantly learning about black culture. And it's just going to be a lifelong process as we go through it. And it's, again, it's not about perfection. It's just about making sure that you are being respectful of the differences of others and not relying on your superficial understanding of it because most instances your superficial understanding isn't is it, it isn't it <laughs> right <laughs> so i uh, understand that there's just a lot to learn one example that i use is um my cus- my husband calls me fat pig right <laughs> um and in in spanish it's borda chancha right but in argentina it's a term of endearment right and i right. like it it doesn't it doesn't mean anything bad in any sort of way it has nothing to do with my size but that's what that means. He calls our daughter Gorda Chancha. He calls our dog Gorda. Um, you know, they call his dad Gorda. His dad calls him that. It's it's something that's just part of the culture here. Right. Coming outside, listening in, and it was just like, what? Like, what are they doing? Why are they saying that? <laughs> it's, it's not anything offensive at all. It's, we love you. <laughs> and we have this term of endearment and this is what we call you. And so it takes, so it forced me at some point to like, this isn't something that I'm comparing and saying, oh, it's just, this is a part of their culture. My culture is different, but as I'm in this culture, this is something that they do. And I know it now because of my proximity to it, but somebody from the outside looking in might be like, oh my gosh, like this is so offensive. And yeah, it's, kind of makes it part of the fun of discovering what is a norm and what's not. And that's really what cultural intelligence is. It's figuring out what is normal for older, other cultures and not trying to change it and just trying to sort of live into it um, and making sure that as you're figuring out what makes sense for your brand, you use the parts that are relevant for you guys and which ones aren't. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. And that's such a great example too, because it is like, as soon as you said it, I was like, what? Because I don't understand that part of the Argentinian culture, you know? And so when you don't understand it, you will have like moments that it might be confusing to you. But if you embrace the time, the, if you take the time to really embrace it and learn about it, then yeah. it becomes something that, you know, like you said, it's a lifelong discovery, which I think is wonderful <laughs> because I think everything should be. <laughs> Absolutely. And the last step in the process is to audit your customer experience. So once you cast a vision for the type of experience that you want to deliver um, from an inclusivity standpoint in particular, 
you have to go and figure out how are you performing right now. Um, so go back and look at, okay, this is how we experience that we want to deliver. This is how we want people to feel. Are we measuring up? Are mm-hmm. we falling short? And then you can go forth and put uh, some type of plan in place that will help you start moving the needle towards getting you towards your goals. I love that. Honestly, thank you so much for all of this because I think for everybody listening, this is you know information that should be top of mind at all times. It should be something that you're using in your business. Now, if people are interested in learning more about what you offer as well as to work with you, um, how would they go about doing that? Um, so you can go to, right now I am in the process of launching my um, digital programs all about inclusivity. So I've got, it's called Belonging University. So if you go to belonginguniversity.com, the link. Um, there's two programs. There's Inclusive Brand Academy, which is a digital course all about teaching you how to build an inclusive brand and we go much more in depth than a lot of things that we just talked about here today. Um, things to watch out for, how to do some of these things. Um, and it's pretty comprehensive. The other one is a monthly membership. So lifelong learning is an important aspect of it. So it's called the I Belong Inclusivity Hub. And um, every month you get a report on a different topic regarding inclusion. Um, on a various different topics. And um, that will help ground you and give you information you need. There'll be um, uh, expert guest interviews and where you can ask questions. We'll have office hours where you can actually get feedback on your own campaigns, ask questions. There's no dumb questions. Um, and just building a community where inclusivity is top of mind and a way for people to just learn and grow in a safe space. It's wonderful. Belong University. I love that. I love that name so much. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, and of course, for anyone who is listening, you can also access all the links. They'll be in our podcast um, blog posts and everything else. So everyone can be able to access it there as well. That's perfect. Well, thank you so much again for joining us today. I know you have your hands full right now as we talked offline. (laughs) So I really appreciate your time. Um, I'm super honored that you were able to take this time and share it with us. So thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Anytime. All right. And for everyone listening, of course, you can go to fitchicksacademy.com and check out the blog post where you can also gain access to Belong University and all of Sonia's other programs. Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out. Thank you for joining us this week. And remember, if you are ready to create the life, health, and career you love, Join us for the upcoming fitness and nutrition expert or our holistic nutrition weight loss expert certification programs. Download the brochures at fitchicksacademy.com.